going to prepare for communion this morning. We're going to leave here having had communion together. So what I share will sort of prepare our hearts, I think, for, for the communion. Uh, I love to tell the story of unseen things, of, of Jesus in his glory, of Jesus and his love. I think we need more Jesus in our lives. I think we need to get back to the gospel more. And I think we need to be the lighthouse where that gospel message beams from. And he, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And our vision is to lift him higher. To have a bigger Jesus than yeah. we've had. Yeah. I know that sounds strange, but do you understand what I need? Yeah. He needs to be magnified yeah. in our midst. Mm. He needs to be bigger in our lighthouse meetings. He needs to be bigger in our lives. Our Jesus is too small sometimes. We don't really know who he is. We think, yes, holy Jesus, sweet and mild. He went to the cross to die for my sins. But did you know that he is the creator of all things? Yeah. And that nothing was created that he did not create? Do you realize that he was there when the worlds were made? That's who he is. That's who the king is. And he humbled, he humbled himself. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I don't intend to tell you anything you don't know. This is exhortation and a reminder. And I want you to be in awe of him today. Maybe you need to refocus. Did somebody use that word somewhere this weekend? (laughs) Focus. He is our all in all. He is our everything. In him we live and move and have our being. He is our light. He is our salvation. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Bill Johnson, you know Bill Johnson from Bethel in California. He said, I can't get out of the Gospels because I can't get away from Jesus. And he said, I just cannot. He said, I love to read the rest of the Bible But I spend so much time in the Gospels reading the same things that I've read for years, hearing them again in my own heart as I read them, and it never gets old. And I continue to be fascinated, and I continue to see things and hear things I've not heard before as the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God. Well, there's... I I think there's a lot of confusion about the way we relate to God in the church generally. I'm not saying in this room. Y'all are all pretty mature Christians here today. But listen, we can all fall into this trap. It's the trap of I find out what's right and I do that. And I find out what's wrong and I don't do that. 
and we think our relationship with God is based on how we perform. I have been in the I was in the performance trap for years. It was my husband who really set me free because he hammered the gospel into me. He hammered it. He's preached it all over Africa and he has seen thousands of pastors get set free because they get it. They get it. It's not what we do. It's what he did. And we are qualified because he qualified us. We have no other entree into the kingdom of God. You will never be good enough. You will never do it all right. Ever. So forget about it. He is the way. He is the way to the Father. The only way. And it is, we come in through the blood. The only way in. And by faith. It's important how we live. God cares about sin, but we should quit focusing on sin. What you need to focus on is Jesus. And when you're focusing on Jesus, guess what happens to sin? It falls away. Now, it's a process, but you know, I don't, I know from my own experience that things that I would bring my hands over because they were bad habits that I had or something that I hadn't gotten the victory over yet. I got the very strong sense that God wasn't a bit worried about that. Because I was in Christ. I was, I believed. I was in him. And it's like, fine, fine, we'll get around to that. You know, but meanwhile, let's have a relationship. Let's enjoy each other. Let's walk with each other. We'll get around to that part. I'll take care of that. It's not going to be by your striving outwardly that it's going to change anyhow. It's going to be by the power of the Holy Ghost in you. And you're going to change from the inside out. And we are not doing it from the external. And that's where you get religious. When you start doing it from the external. And you quit wearing makeup, God forbid. And you, and you put your hair up in a little bun. And you wear long sleeves and long I mean, I've seen it in Israel even. I mean, the women are so covered. And they think they're being holy. It has nothing to do with holy. I like my lipstick. And I don't think God minds if I wear it. But I hope not. But anyhow, it's not about our performance. So I think we could all just kind of take a deep breath and relax. And enjoy the grace of God. Enjoy the grace of God. It's important what we believe. That's what's important. Because it's based on relationship. It's based on faith. Abraham believed God. And it was reckoned as in Christ. It is your faith that makes you righteous. It's who you believe, who you believe in, and accepting who he is and what he did for you on the cross. That's where your righteousness is. I told you I wasn't going to tell you anything you didn't already know, 
But I love to tell the story. And we never get weary of hearing the story. We never get weary of hearing it. So the performance thing, it's a big thing in the church. And and even and we put on the face. We put on the face when we go to church of the perfect little saint. And then we get in the car and we have a fight with our husband. I mean, you know, get over it. Just be real. Be who you are. Be real with God. Be real with Jesus. He loves you the way you are. He loves you and totally, unconditionally loves you the way you are. He accepts you right where you are, the way you are. All he wants is your heart in your life. He wants your heart in your life. And when you surrender that to him, wow, great mighty things happen. It's beautiful. But you'll never have enough righteousness to make it. And if you can get that, it'll set you free. Because it truly is a grace walk. It truly is total grace. We are in Christ. His righteousness is imputed to us. That's the only reason we're righteous. And we stand or fall based on whether we are in Christ. So what you need to be sure of is are you in Christ? Have you received him? Have you confessed him as your Lord and Savior? Have you been Filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you surrendered your heart to him? Have you surrendered your life to him? Are you still walking with a foot in both worlds? I don't think anyone. This, I know these people. I don't think you are. But there, a lot of Christians are schizophrenic. You know. They walk in the world and they walk in the kingdom. They walk in the world and they walk in the kingdom. But that's what the power of the Holy Ghost changes. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then we have the power not to do that. And the draw of the world diminishes. The, the things, the lust of the flesh diminishes. But there again, it's not your striving. But the cross changes everything. It just changes everything. I want to read to you a scripture out of Romans um, 4.25. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a done deal. It is settled. Do you have peace with God? Yes, if you are in Christ. And all of that stuff that you're still worried about that's not Christian in your life, he'll get around to that. But that's not the basis of your relationship. The relationship, the basis of your relationship is because you are in Christ. And when God sees you, the Father sees you, he sees Jesus. Just that simple. It's not complicated. Jesus was delivered up for our offenses and raised up for our justification. We're declared righteous in God's sight. By raising Christ from the dead, God declared both his approval of Christ's completed work of redemption and his approval of all who believe. And the key word is believe. So say, I'm qualified. Jesus qualified me. I'm righteous. 
because Jesus made them righteous. He is my righteousness. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Several um, oh, weeks ago, the Holy Spirit kept putting uh, the veil of the temple in my mind. I kept thinking, we're going to do communion. We want to think about the cross. We want to prepare our hearts for communion. And I kept getting impressed. Look at the veil. Look at the veil. Look at the veil. And, uh, and I thought, well, Lord, okay, I know the veil led us in, you know, broke the separation uh, between the people and, and God. He opened the place to the Holy, the Holy of Holies. I understand all that. But, and then I thought, well, he's trying to say something to me here. <laughs> and so I went, I got Googled it, <laughs> and, you know, trying to find something on the veil. What am I looking for? What am I looking for? There's something God is wanting to say. And there, when I was at my sister's house, she's not spirit-filled, but she is a strong believer, denominational Christian. And I was just sitting there at night. We had our day, and I was just picked up a book off the table. And just flipped it open. It was called King of Kings by uh, Timothy Keller. I'd recommend that book to you all. He's a theologian, Presbyterian. Powerful book on you. You want to know who Jesus is and the work of the cross. I recommend that. But I, So I flipped it open. And all of a sudden I was looking down this page. And there was a chapter or a portion of a chapter on the veil. And I went, oh okay, I'm going to read this, you know. And, of course, he went through the process, how the Jews related to God. They gathered around the, the God in the outer courts. They gathered around the Holy of Holies. They worshipped God. But when the veil was torn at crucifixion, then the people could go in. I mean, then we can go in. But all kinds of Amazing things happened at the crucifixion. And um, where is that? I don't have that scripture. Yeah, there it is. I don't know. There, these are things that we don't hear a lot about. When Jesus was on the cross and when he died is when that veil was torn. And that was the beginning of the new covenant. That was the moment the new covenant began when he died. The new covenant in his blood. But it says the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. You know that's a portion of scripture that we don't really focus on very much. That seemed profound. And it got dark from noon until 3 o'clock in the afternoon during the time when he died. Amazing things happened. God was letting himself be known in that moment. But that veil was thick. It was a woven fabric. It was almost like a wall. And it was, you know, to have it torn from top to bottom, that would have been impossible for man to do that. And it was suddenly just ripped. God was making a statement. Yeah. Yes, he was. 
he was saying, enter. He was saying, come boldly now into my throne of grace, to my throne of grace. Come into my presence. Come into the holy of holies, as we just sang. And how do we enter by the blood of the Lamb? Something had to be fixed. And what needed to be fixed was what happened in Genesis, the third chapter. Adam and Eve, you know the two trees. <laughs> they made a wrong decision. But the devil tempted them, and they got tempted to be independent from God. That's, that was really the sin of the garden. They were just, I'll do it my way. That's why I've met, that's a beautiful song. But you know, it's theologically very wrong. <laughs> they had a beautiful relationship in the garden with the Lord. They had everything they wanted. He says, Adam walked in the cool of the evening, had a conversation with God. And they thought, hmm, I can be like God and I can do it my way. I can do this. So they made the wrong choice. Y'all know the story. They were driven out. It says they were driven out in the word. There shows there's some anger involved in that and some righteous wrath. They were driven out. Because we have grace, we don't ignore the wrath of God. It's a real thing. Judgment is a real thing. They were driven out, and an angel was, set, was put in place with a flaming sword turning every which way so that you could not return to the garden. There was no way back in unless you wanted to die. <laughs> so it was, it was closed. It was closed to them. And he immediately began to put a plan into action to, of redemption. And then he gave the, the Jewish people, called the Jewish people as his holy people. He gave them the law. He established the law. They tried for thousands of years to fulfill the law. They never did make it. You know, but he could fulfill it. Only Jesus was able to fulfill the law fully and completely. So it led us up to the time of, of the cross. And I think Bertie, Bertie and I were talking about this. She said there was a book she read by Justin, Judson Cornwall who said the veil was very thin back in the tabernacle in the wilderness. It wasn't the big heavy thing. But by the time we get to the cross, that thing is thick and heavy. And I think it was all the works that were, you know, that man had done to try to please God, get close to God and everything. And it just like, boy, that, that veil got thicker and thicker because it's all about faith. But that veil was torn asunder. So, Everything changed about our being in the presence. Everything changed. The presence of God that we experience at these, when, when we're with the Lord alone or when we're at a conference or a church, that is part of what happened at the cross. That he's saying, I'm here. Angels are among us. Lydia saw one big one standing right behind us here this morning. So come into the Holy of Holies is a privilege and it costs something because there were two gardens. 
bet I was thinking of the Garden of Eden, but also there was the Garden of Gethsemane, and there was the second Adam, and what he did was totally yield and surrender, even unto death, to the will of God. He said, I'll do it. Not my will, but thine be done. I'll do it. Everything changed. And the way we relate to God changed. And we now have his presence. Not around us like the Jews where we gathered around us. We have it within us. Because he said, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know the Holy the holy of holies is inside of you where you could not go through the veil you could not even get close you'd die a priest went in once a year on Yom Kippur I have trouble saying that and they put a rope around his ankle in case he died when he put the sacrifice for the sin in there so they could pull him out but no one dared go in It changed everything. And now we have the presence within us. We have a relationship that is eternal. We have the power of God dwelling in us. The holy of holies. And do you know that because of that, your spirit man is sinless? Have you ever thought of that? Your soul can still sin, but that holy, that part in you, we don't have to sin, you know. That's a choice we have now. We have the power not to if we make the choice, right choice. But that holy place is within. So come. Come to the holy of holies. Enter by the blood. Let's pray for a moment. Let's just bow before you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us the gift of faith to believe. We thank you that it is finished. We thank you for the new covenant, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are new covenant people. We don't mix law and grace. We obey, but we are not justified by law. We're justified through the blood of Christ. We're redeemed through the blood of his son. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Selah. he wanted that relationship with you that he would sacrifice his only beloved son for you Selah we get so accustomed to taking communion and being in the presence of the Lord glory glory hallelujah we love it and it's wonderful but don't ever forget what it costs 
to have the relationship you saw. And he wanted that relationship because God wants a family. And you're his family. And he was willing. He loved you so much. He wanted that relationship restored so much. Why else would he have done it? What other purpose would there have been? But to make a way to have your sins forgiven. To make a way for, for the barrier to be removed. And the connection remained. The relationship connection reestablished. I don't know about you, but that's awesome to me. That he would go that far. He was angry. We deserve judgment. We received mercy. We deserve condemnation. We received grace. You are a free people. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. So rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in your salvation. Rejoice in the God of your salvation. Celebrate. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate the life you have in Christ. Don't take it for granted. There are people today who'd like to take that away from you and shut you down. In America. We never thought we'd see it here though. But the enemy can come in like a flood. But God raises up a stand. to tell the story it will be my theme and glory yeah okay we're going to talk about personal history <laughs> for a moment your personal history are there three by five cards on your table good you have a pencil or a paper uh, you know sometimes we feel like we can't be close to God because we know we've sinned and under the old covenant you know that was really the word says that our sins separate us from God I don't okay this is my my interpretation and y'all don't have to agree with me I don't think our sins separate us from God anymore I don't think we're saved today then we're bad so we're not saved tomorrow but we're saved today because we've been good today. But, oh, I did this sin. So I'm now separated from God. Now I've got to get reestablished. No. In Christ, it's a sealed deal. Okay? What do we do? We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins. And then what does he do? He cleanses us from all. Well, he wants to do some cleansing this morning of things that are in your heart. We don't feel his presence in our lives sometimes because of our own thinking. 
because we don't feel worthy. We don't feel worthy. Do you have a word? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Can't imagine that. Okay, sorry. And sometimes I think we get a little religious and it's like self-inflicted punishment. You know, well, I'm guilty now, so I have to suffer a while. I have to pay penance. I have to do something. So I'm just going to be miserable for a while and, and condemn myself. Right? Have you ever done that or am I the only one? Okay. He's not calling you to pay penance and he's not condemning you. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But he promises to forgive us when we confess. And we are already in a state of forgiveness. That's where you are. You live in a state of forgiveness. Past sins, present sins, future sins. You're in a state of forgiveness. That's where you live. So see yourself living in that situation. We have to trust the word and not our emotions. What does the word say? Because our emotions are, can be all over the place. I don't know if you men are like that, but we women are like that. And we have a little helper called Satan, who is the accuser of the brethren. That's not Jesus' job. And when you're in Christ, that's not the Father's job. He'll convict you so you can confess and repent. And that's good and that's healthy. But the condemnation is gone. So trust the word and who he says you are and who your identity, what your identity really is. Once we establish our identity, we are free people. But as long as you're unsure of who you are in Christ, you can waffle back and forth and you can be uh, subject to a lot of mental harassment from the enemy. Life happens. There's all kinds of trauma, brokenness, pain, hurt, things that we've done, things that we've left undone, things that people have done to us. We've trampled on each other. <laughs> we've hurt each other. And the Lord wants to complete the work today that Tommy did last night. He, he, he ministered to this last night. He spoke to this last night about the inner healing, the pain, and, and the, the bondages that we are in because of our own just, just living life in this broken world. But we want to just go one step further today and have just a moment of meditation And we're going to give you those three by five cards. And we're going to let you write on those cards the areas of your life where you feel that you're not free, where you feel pain, where you feel hurt, where there's been an offense, where you feel shame, where you feel guilt. Whatever burden it is that you carry inside that on your smiling face no one ever would know is there. We want you to go real deep. It could go back for years. 
and write it on the three by five card. No one will ever see that card. And then I'm going to ask Monty Bromley to come up after we spend a few moments just with the Lord where you are at your table and really praying into this, saying, God, I want to walk out of here a free person. I want to walk out of here and leave that baggage behind so that I can do what you're calling me to do and I'm not hindered by it in any way. And that the devil does not have a hook in me anymore. I want to settle it today. These things that are deep within me. Will you do that for us? Will you cooperate with that this morning? You won't be offended to do that or upset to do that. Let's just take a moment now to pray. Father, I just pray that your spirit will move over this group. That you'll begin to speak to them as we just quietly sit for a moment. Hey, you know it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to have this quiet time. And don't, don't be threatened or nervous by quiet times in a group. Because the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and maybe even bring some things to remembrance you haven't thought of in years. Or maybe it's just right there you know exactly what I'm talking about. So take your three-by-five card. We're going to take a few moments. Go before the Lord. This is a holy moment. This is a powerful moment where, the, where Jesus the healer is walking through this room. Jesus the healer wants to heal you to your inner man, your heart, renew your mind, set you free. So let's just take a few moments and pray. Really focus on Jesus now. Don't think about anybody around you. Don't think about anything but you and the Lord and what may be affecting you enjoying that relationship with him that's hindering and blocking you. That um, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And you know that the demons have no ability to thank God for anything. They're not allowed. Satan gets summoned there occasionally, but he can't even go. That's why he's so mad. So right now, let's just thank God. Just thank God. Father, we thank you for this weekend. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the torn veil. We thank you that we can get face to face with you about whatever is going on in our lives and know that we're loved and cared for, that we will never be taken from your hand. We can come to the place where the liars can't come. We thank you for the authority that you have given us to have on earth just like it is in heaven. And God, we're ready to live that every day, all day long. Not just when we're in the presence of worship or, or just when we're prayed up. Lord, we want to be free. And we know to go to this next place that you're calling us. To rise up and go to the next place you're calling us. To fly like eagles. 
We can't take any baggage with us. We know that, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the ability to believe your word, to know it's true and to walk in it. And Jesus, we thank you that before you left and ascended to the Father, you gave us all authority in this earth and in heaven. And God, we repent that we've not always walked in that, that the church hasn't known what that was. But we thank you, God, that you're telling us now that we have all authority. And in that authority, I now bind every principality, power, ruler, dominion, authority, throne, and every stinking demon that has had any power over anyone in this room or anything that you've entrusted to us over our children, over our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, over our ministries. I bind those stinking demons now in Jesus' holy name. And Lord, I thank you for the host of heaven that have been assigned to us. And I dispatch those angels now. We saw them. We saw the orbs. We know they're in this room. We know they're with us all the time. They've been assigned to us for such a time as this. I release them now to bind, silence, and separate everything from hell from everyone in this room. In Jesus' holy name. And Lord, now we just want to talk to you about those cards. Some of it came down from generations. Some of it came because of something grandma did three, four generations back. And we don't know why it's still there. But you do. And so I break. I break the power of iniquity off these people now. We forgive mama and daddy and grandparents and great. We forgive it all, all the way back to Adam. And we apply the precious blood of Jesus on every bloodline represented in this room through the power of the cross. Jesus, you poured that blood out the other night. Some of us saw it being poured over the cross. We saw the fire. We saw the blood. And the authority of the sword and the staff. And we're dipping into that now. And we're applying that to every bloodline here. In Jesus' holy name. We forgive their sin. We forgive those things that have been, been done to us. Even in the womb. As a little child. All the way up through any sin. Any generational sin. Any any kind of molestation, sexual sins, we forgive it all. We forgive incest. We forgive the sins that were passed down to us and those things that were done to us. We forgive it all through the authority of Jesus Christ because he said, your sins are forgiven. And we step into that, Jesus, as your bride. We step in because we know you're not coming back till we're free. You're not coming back till there's no spots and no blemishes. So we want you to wash us. Everybody say, I choose to forgive it all. And Father, we forgive ourselves. 
for those things that we've done against you and against others. Everything, everything we wrote down, even things we're just now remembering, we forgive it all. Thank you, Lord, we can cast our cares on you. Thank you, Lord, that in Christ there is now no condemnation. Because we're in you. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And if the glory is going to cover the earth, Lord, there doesn't need to be any space for anything in us but you. We forgive trauma. We forgive car wrecks. We forgive surgery. We forgive doctors. We forgive when they medicated us for stuff that didn't work. We forgive all the trauma. Broken bones. We forgive the fear that attaches itself to trauma. We can't carry that to the next place, God. It keeps us from doing things that you've called us to do. I break fear and trauma off this people now in the name of Jesus. Son of righteousness, arise in us. Every one of us with healing in your wings and in those beams of light. Release your light, God, into every emotion into every memory like a laser God go in and heal God heal muscle memory heal those dreams that come in the night we don't know where they came from all those memories that we have tucked away heal them God son of righteousness you said in those days the son of righteousness will arise arise in us today God, you gotta get you gotta get your church first. You gotta get the leaders first. We've got to, we've got to glow. We've got to let our light shine. It's got to come forth. We've got to carry the power of God like no generation before. We're walking into the days of darkness, God. And we need to be free and healed, and full of light. Lord, you said they're going to come to us. Make us glow. We forgive all trauma in the name of Jesus. All of it. Surgeries. Since, like people are weak. They haven't been able to, to come back from surgery. Enough. Enough. Body be restored in the name of Jesus. Lord, you told us, you told us that we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. I remove every hindrance in the name of Jesus, every demon attached to it in the name of Jesus, every memory that blocks. And just like, just like Jericho, we're going to throw those walls down. God, you said in your word that you wanted truth in the inmost part of us. Everybody in here that wants truth in the inmost part, say, that's me, God. God, go to the inmost part of everyone that said that. And pull down every lie that 
sets itself against the knowledge of God from the center of their being. No more voices. No more fractured parts. No more broken memories. No more lies from hell. Thank you, Father. You told us we could pull down every lie that sets itself against the knowledge of God. This is a people that knows who God is. And I command every lie that's been set in place in their life from before the foundation of time that would block their destiny to be pulled down now in the holy name of Jesus by the power and the authority of the blood of Christ. All of it, God. Get it all. Penetrate us. Let your word go between soul and marrow. Deep, deep, deep. Between the soul and the spirit. Between the bone and the marrow. Go deep into this people group, God. Release the light of the glory of God. That we can go out here and do these things that we've wanted to do. And not be hindered. I release signs and wonders healing and miracles a fresh torch a new fire and just like when they entered into the promise they went round and round and round the walls and then they shouted and those walls came down pull down the walls now God if you want the walls to Come down, tell him. I don't want my walls anymore, God. No more walls. I want to be whole and holy. May the God who is whole and holy make you whole and holy. Put you back together. He said he would do it. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He said he'd do it. Do it, God. Pull down those walls. So we can leave here healed and free. No more baggage. No more baggage, church. We're going to glow. We're going to be like fire. We're going to move in power. No fighting within and no fears without. We're going to take back the planet. Because that's the will of God. In Christ Jesus for his bride. Do it now, God. Do it in each one of us. And in Jesus' name, I command everything that the angels have removed from every one of these rooms to be bound in chains and taken to the pit of hell where Jesus himself will go when he returns. Because we're tired of dealing with demons. We've got work to do. Flood their souls with light and glory. And may the peace of God that passes understanding guard your mind and guide your feet. Lord, I pray from now on 
the only voice that will be heard will be yours. We're here because we want to serve you. And we're ready to do it. Father, thank you. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for setting your people free. And thank you, Lord, for a new place, for your glow in this area, and a new time for us. Thank you that you've taken the lid off this, this ministry. And we can fly like eagles. We're going to rise up. And we're going to leave this place. And take back this region. For you, God. For your glory. For your honor. Because you're worthy. Because you're good. And because we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. All the people said? Let you stand to your feet for a moment. And I want you to say, I know who I am. I know whom I have believed. My identity is sealed. I am a child of God. I am redeemed. I am sanctified. I am justified. I belong to him. And that's who I am. And the devil will not lie to me anymore. In the name of Jesus, my identity is in Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Now, I want you all just to begin to pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. It's Pentecost. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to God and offer up your praise. Lift your hands to God and offer up your heart and your life. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord.
Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Oh, how we love you. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Thank you, Father, for your love that you sent him to do it. I'm whole. I'm free. Hallelujah. to take communion now and uh, Bertie is going to come and minister you have we're doing this COVID safe okay so we're using these little cups and they're kind of difficult but they're on your table and I'll turn this over to Bertie now does anyone need Does anyone need communion elements? Everyone have them. Bruce, would you keep playing? Thank you so much. Do you not appreciate this precious, precious, precious brother? Hallelujah. Not what, but whom, I do believe. That in my darkest hour of need hath comfort that no mortal creed to mortal man may give. Not what, but whom. For Christ is more than all the creeds, and his full life of word and deed shall all the creeds outlive. Not what, but whom. Who walks beside me in the gloom? Who bears the burden wearisome? Who all the dim way doth illume? And bids me look beyond the tomb, the larger life to live. Hallelujah. Not what, but whom. Not what, but whom. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. 
And the bread which I give is my flesh that I give for the life, hallelujah, of the world. He's giving it so that we can have life. In the book of Hebrews, the writer says this, by the will of God, we have been, past tense, sanctified, set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, listen closely, once for all. Once for all, for by one offering he has perfected, past tense, those who are being, yes, sanctified. He has perfected, past tense, those of us who are in process of being sanctified. We know he bore the stripes for our healing, but we forget his body was given because we are being perfected. So, Lord, we hold up your body, this representation of your body forever. We hold this up. We honor you. We say your body was given for our life, and we are being perfected by the Holy Ghost, and we receive your full and complete work in Jesus' mighty name. Let's eat together. Amen. Just soak, just soak for a minute in what it means that he gave his body. Hallelujah. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. Not in remembrance of a creed or a belief or a concept. In remembrance of me. Oh, Lord, so many times we forget the person that you are. So we embrace the person of Jesus today. The risen, glorified, resurrected, powerful King of kings. 
light of the world, creator of the universe. You're no longer stuck in a mortal body. You're glorified. You're no longer on a cross. You have all power in heaven and earth given to you. And the blood of Jesus is speaking better things than that of Abel. The blood is in heaven speaking on your behalf right now. Right now. How much more? Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot unto God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Lord Jesus, your blood has cleansed in eternity every conscience here. Can you receive that today? Your conscience is clear. The blood is continually speaking on your behalf. Since the blood of Jesus, according to the book of Hebrews, is constantly speaking on your behalf, on my behalf, who are we to side with the accuser of our souls and ever speak against ourselves. Let's agree with God today and honor the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blood that was spilled on Calvary, and we know that in the heavenly holy of holies, the blood is living and speaking and constantly proclaiming your righteousness as our righteousness throughout all eternity. We receive your blood. We receive your covenant in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. Not what? but whom we do believe. We receive the seal of the communion and the covenant in Jesus' name. Amen. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power for it reaches oh it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows and it flows to the lowest valley, the blood, oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose.
the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But what law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. In us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. And there is nothing that shall separate us from his love. Nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. To God be the glory. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. Father, we praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. Thank you, God, for your manifest presence. That, God, we have seen this whole weekend. Lord, we have seen you high and lifted up. And your train fills our temple. Father, we glorify you. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the thanksgiving, all of the gratitude. In fact, God, we have an attitude of gratitude, God. Lord, for who you are, not just what you do and not just what you have done, but who you are the magnificent Son of God, our living Lord, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our King, our soon-coming King. Amen. One day, we're going to see those heavens open, and we're going to see Him coming through the clouds of glory. And guess what? He's going to be riding a white horse. Hallelujah to God. We thank you, Lord. Jesus, we know you are sealing. Hannah, I do want to show that video upon closing, please. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you to seal what the Holy Ghost has delivered. And Father God, we didn't just come here and get filled up to go home to get empty. Right. <laughs> we came and we drank and we ate and it is sustaining us and it will sustain us in the midnight hour when we get home, when we go back to walk in our homes, in our cities, in our nation. 
We're going to remember Barito Cura Monday by the power of the Holy Ghost, what we have received as a deposit this weekend. What we have gathered together in His name. What we have received. And as we go home, it's going to even increase. It's going to increase. You're just going to be washing dishes. And you're going to be saying, In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to God. You're going to be walking in your daily work. You're going to be walking. And when you walk into the room, the the atmosphere is going to change. You're going to to change the atmosphere. Just wherever the soles of your feet go. Because you have been filled up with the living Lord. Filled up. Received the everlasting word and gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which the word of God will never return void. It's going to finish accomplishing and prospering wherein it has sent. Wherein the word has been sent. Hallelujah to God. Look for, expect an increase. An increase. Look for the healing power of God to increase in your life. Look for just karate mashaleto. Just remember to kibaro sutia shatai. To keep on declaring what you have received came from the living Lord, and it will only increase, it will not decrease. In the name of Jesus. And what you have received and I have received, we're going to freely give out every opportunity that God gives us. I'm not saying we got to work it up. I'm saying it's going to just come out because you are filled up. And it's going to flow out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. And as we walk through this world, we're going to go through just sprinkling on them. Just give them a drink. Just give them a drink here. Give them a drink there. Give them a bite of the bread of life. Hallelujah to God. And God has asked us, will you ride with me? Will you ride?